tune in, tune in, this week in car audio, audio. tune in, tune in, what we talking about bass, talking about chips, talking about rings, you ain't got them, zip your lip, you got a problem you haven't found, check your grounds, the show about to start, start, tune in, 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 tune in. This week in car audio, yeah, yeah. Tune in, tune in, tune in. This week in car audio. Welcome to This Week in Car Audio with your host, the judge, Doug Stockton, co-hosted by our buddy there, Jeffrey Fernandez. How's it going, Jeff? Good, good, good. How about yourself? Uh, I'm still live here, guys. I'm still posting to uh, Facebook, <laughs> trying to get all my shares out there. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys to do that, too. We do are going to do a giveaway this week. Um, we have two shirts we're going to give away from um, Audio, Apex, Audio Apex, right? Yeah. He was on here uh, two weeks ago, last week. Yeah, well, you know, these weeks run together when you're old like me. <laughs> Um, so nice. let me finish. So I'm excited about today's show. Are you? What What makes you excited? Yeah. We got the uh, the man, the myth, the legend, right? Wayne yes, Harris, DB Drag Racing. Yes, we do. You, uh, yeah. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> there well, he is. There is Wayne Harris. Welcome to the uh, to the podcast here today. This is your second time, I believe, being on it. Um, I got all my shares in now. I turned off my volume so I don't uh, disturb us with the uh, text. Uh, right now we have uh, Tiffany from Barbados watching us. We have, uh, I don't have anybody on uh, uh, YouTube yet, but we got uh, Rosa, Brandy Lee, uh, Jody Green from New Zealand, uh, Moses Martinez, Chris Jenner. So we got the Reno guys, RP Patel's watching. I, I know he's he's just all about rules, so I'm sure that's what he's looking for. He wants to know what rule we we have for him. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about rules this week. Is hey, this we week? we can talk about rules a little bit. <laughs> yeah, might as well. I mean, we yeah. got Wayne here. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, so Wayne, uh, just want to get a quick kickoff on this whole thing. Uh, I do have a question about the rules. Um, with the rules, the pinch weld thing. Uh, just want to clear that up because I would say that's there's a couple of changes. Do you know what the changes are off the top of your head? Or I mean, I have a good idea of what they are. Did you? Um, but if, do you know what the changes are? Uh, yeah. So okay. what we're trying to do is make sure that the undercarriage builds are reasonable. Uh, and you know, we've had we've allowed contestants to put undercarriage battery builds, uh, battery boxes since the beginning of the super street classes but um recently you know the problem has been that uh some of those bills have gotten so large that it's caused an issue for uh the db drag racing association in the direction that we want to head so what we're doing is we're implementing a rule that allows um, the competitor to build down up to 15 inches from the pinch weld under the vehicle so moving backwards from the B pillar to the back of the vehicle, uh, you can go up to 15 inches. If you like, I can try to find a screenshot of that, or you can look on the DB Drag Racing Base Race Group and find it. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, essentially, the build down has to follow the contour of the vehicle. So it's not parallel to the ground, it's parallel to the profile of the vehicle on the bottom side. And we're only going to do it, we're looking from uh, like a string test from the driver's side to the passenger side. So not looking from the back of the vehicle forward, but from the side of the vehicle, from the profile of the vehicle. And I know it's probably hard to envision that. Uh, I'll see in a minute if I can pull that up as as we talk about some of these things. So so I would like to direct people to the um, DB Drag Base Race uh, Facebook group to check out that picture. Uh, everything we do here is we actually do this as a audio podcast. So it starts out visually on this Facebook platform and on YouTube, but we convert it to YouTube uh, to audio, and that's uh, where it's going to stay in perpetuity, and people are coming back to listen. So. Um, you know, the visual aids are tougher to do when, when I'm thinking that mindset, you know. Sure. That, so that makes sense, Doug. One of the things I just want to make clear is that, you know, we take rules changes very, very seriously. And we always try to, you know, I, we go to a lot of effort to make sure that changes don't impact existing bills. The last thing we want to do is implement a rule that forces all of our competitors to change their installation. But with regards to the undercarriage build, what was happening is uh, we had one contestant uh, who built a really, there's actually a couple of vehicles that had built these really large undercarriage builds. And so other contestants were w calling and asking if that was going to be permitted, because if it was, they were going to change their system. And that might sound fine if, but when you realize that probably only handful of people would be willing to make that kind of change. Um, the impact of, of allowing a handful of people to do it would greatly affect all of the other existing systems. And we have to do things on a global basis. So um, in the best interest of DB drag racing and our competitors and the direction that we want to, you know, that we want to pursue uh, you know, this is one of those changes. And unfortunately, there are a few cars that are impacted by this. But, um, you know, I've talked to them and they have a good attitude. They have a competitive attitude and they are going to do what's necessary to to fix their bills. Yep. Uh, so that was that. Uh, we dropped the 500 watt class, correct? That's right. You know, the 500 watt class was experimental. Uh, we introduced that a couple of years ago. The goal was to try to bring in uh, first-time contestants. Um, but to be honest, nowadays power is so inexpensive. We also have a 1K class. Those contestants can compete in 1K. And also since that original class was when we first implemented that, uh, we've introduced the new freestyle format. And that is really gaining traction, especially for new contestants. Um, so I don't think that that's going to be a big impact to get rid of that class. We also got rid of the extreme 5k. Um, there's just not enough extreme contestants participating right now. Uh, that was an experiment to see if we could get some of the old school extreme vehicles back in the lanes, but, uh, it didn't, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to throw things at the wall and see what sticks that didn't really work out. And so, uh, we're just doing away with that. Those contestants could easily, they can compete in the unlimited, non-limited extreme class. I know you would love for those days back where, you know, we have three or four extreme classes and they have 10 cars in every one of them. 
I mean, that that was a different time, absolutely. You know, times do change, and, um, you know, uh, but uh, that was definitely a sight to behold. Uh, my first finals that I attended as a judge was 2005. We were inside at, um, at Nashville, and, yeah, there was – I bet you there had to be at least 30 true extreme vehicles. I mean, Carl Lucius, um, Scott Owens, um, you know, uh, just uh, just all these other things. You know, they, they were insane. So They are. And, and you know what's really cool? Um, some of these contestants, uh, they're kind of like Hall of Famers. Mm -hmm. The people that were there in the beginning and, you know, Originally, DB Drag Racing had eight competitors. It was almost an exhibition. And, but I was just speaking with Aaron Cole. Uh, I've been, I've been uh, bringing in some people that, that, you know, have been involved with DB Drag Racing for a long time to get their perspective, their top level 20,000 foot view of, of ideas for things that we should look at. And he still has his van and it's uh, in a showroom, in one of his showrooms. And, and his van was probably one of the most incredible builds ever. So some of these vehicles are still out there. And I'm hoping someday, maybe this year, we can set up a special exhibition area just for those individuals to set up their vehicles, not to compete, mm -hmm. but just to permit or provide others an opportunity to see what's, what has been done in the past. Like a little legacy thing, right? So a museum sure. of, of car audio. Yeah, because everybody is still interested in those things. I, I remember a few years ago, I think it was at Slamology, you know, I was there observing and all of a sudden I saw Chris Norris's van pull up <laughs> and I, I literally had this uh, deja vu. back memories, huh? <laughs> I, I, the dots were not connecting. And, you know, of course that RP, uh, he had, mm -hmm. uh, Soundcheck had, had purchased that vehicle and and uh, didn't tell anybody. And so that was a good mind trick for me. But the vehicles, <laughs> there are some out there. Yes. And we just need to yeah. somehow get those individuals to bring them back out, whether they compete or not. I'm sure that everyone would enjoy seeing what, you know, what was built back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was the DB drag stuff. So we got rid of the 500. We got rid of the 5K. Um, and, and truly, I I saw huge growth, at least in my area, right, uh, for the uh, Super Street X. Super Street X, for the California guys, was huge. Um, but those guys build their cars. They are the true demo guys. Um, and not saying that other areas don't have true demo guys or any of that stuff. But the, I mean, as you stated and many other people that have watched or uh, were at World Finals, they, you know, people from back east, like, dude, they drive their cars to the show. That's, like, what they drive daily. And they're hitting and coming here doing, you know, high 150s, low 160s with these things. So, you know. That's right. Yeah. Um, we did have Bobby Riley on last week and talking about some of the good old days and stuff. And, you know, and, and for him, life had changed, you know, kids and uh, business and whatnot, and just life changed, and that's why him and his brother stopped competing. They were great competitors back in the day. I had a great time with those guys at World Finals, um, and I told him last week even is um, for Bob Riley. I can't remember if it was him or Alan, but I asked him one time. I says, hey, why do you guys sell refrigerators? Because I asked, what do you sell at your store? He goes, well, we sell refrigerators. And I go, well, what's that? And he goes, dude, I'll sell anything that makes me a profit. <laughs> 
<laughs> he didn't even care. <laughs> he goes, and car audio was making him a profit, so they were selling it. So, um, anyway, uh, so then there's um, we got uh, that. Then we uh, base race and top dog. We had changes in that also. Do you want to hit? Yeah, those? this is this is unfortunate uh, or fortunate. This is an issue we've been content working with. Uh, for years now so when uh, and base race definitely is one of the most exciting formats to watch uh, you don't need to spend a lot of money to build a competitive system it's more about competitor skill than it is about the sound system and the very first rule in the rule book for base race and it doesn't have very many rules is that the competitor has to play music and music for many many years uh, competitors played legitimate bass tracks, songs mm -hmm. that you would, you know, listen to as music. Um, but there was a slippery slope, and we've been on that slippery slope for several years now where people were making custom tracks that were essentially just sine waves. And that is a violation of the spirit of the competition. It's actually a violation of the rules. But it's hard to enforce because uh, what is music? Music is something that people look at subjectively and you know in db drag racing we've got competitions in 42 countries we have judges all over the world and you know and so it was difficult to come up with consistent officiating that re that where the judge could say you know that's music or it's not so last year you know i tried uh, implementing uh, some technology in term lab to do some very 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 basic tests to see if if it was a sine wave or if there was even any modulation or if there was any uh, frequency diversity at all. And, you know, that wasn't very popular. Uh, people didn't understand it, didn't like it. Uh, of course, the people that didn't like it are usually the guys that were playing the test tones. <laughs> so this year, long story short, Doug, sorry to, no. to ramble about this. We're, <laughs> uh, we're going to put together uh, a collection of approved tracks and competitors will be able to download that from our site. And that's what competitors will have to use at multi-point events. So um, actually it's gotten some people understand why the change was needed. I think mostly the, the competitors in base race um, are supportive of having a level playing field. There's everybody's gone up against somebody that's played test tones at one time or another. And it caused us a lot of, there's caused a lot of controversy um, in the officiating lanes. And so we want to do away with that and provide the competitors with a fair and fun uh, competitive experience. Yep. Uh, so are the judges, uh, one thing I know we did discuss is judges. I don't know where it ended up, but are the judges are going to have these, um, these tracks on uh, thumb drive or anything that uh, for multi-point events? Correct. Or, okay. So you you can just issue those and get them back. But competitors also need that content to right. practice. And so we'll make yeah. it available as a download, but then the judges to ensure that the competitors actually playing that music, they'll have to use one of our either CDs or the thumb drives yeah. that you provide. Okay. So uh, just so you know, Wayne, in case you're watching the uh, Facebook side, when you see the angry faces, um, I read a a blog about how to boost your um, viewership the or your, your logarithm on the Facebook. Logarithm. And it says with the angry faces, for some reason, YouTube or uh, 
Facebook loves those, and so it boosts it. So the, all those angry faces aren't necessarily at what we're saying. It's they're trying to help boost the uh, logarithm or I algorithm. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> so ju just so you know, uh, just so the you one know. the one thing that I've learned is that you you're guaranteed to piss off 50% of the yes. people 100% of the time. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't care if people get mad, but what we care about is that, you know, that the officiating is done consistently. It, you know, people may not like a call, but if you are, if, if you are doing, if you're implementing the rules consistently, they'll mm -hmm. respect you for what you do. Mm -hmm. We have to look out for the big picture, the greater good. And of course, every time competitors, and I, I don't, I mean, this is just human nature. Uh, if, if I were to ask 10 competitors how they'd like to see things change, every one of them would advocate for something that is beneficial to them personally. We have to look at something that from a global perspective. And so it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do, but um, you know I think that we have we have good rules. We have we have a good organization. We have good judges. I think we have great competitors. So we just keep doing what we're doing and do it better every time we get a chance to improve upon it. It'll get better. Okay. Um. Just Josh Tatu just posted in. They don't hear Wayne very well. Is anybody else having? Because my levels say that Wayne is uh, at a good level. Uh, just saying, and this is what broadcast across to YouTube or uh, test Facebook. one, two. Oh, wow. That went way up. <laughs> Testing one, two. I probably was uh, getting animated and moving away from the microphone. So, okay. Yeah. You, you're, you went up probably two dB on that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so we had that, um, I will say the, the great thing and my opinion about DB drag and the reason I judge DB drag is specifically, uh yeah everybody else says it's good so josh it must must be your system um anyway so the the thing about db drag and what i enjoy about the reason i judge db drag the reason i competed in db drag besides for it being the pinnacle and the top of the car audio competition scene the uh bonus is is it's 100 percent objective there's no subjective judging at all in db drag it's this is what the meter says this is what you did that's it a judge is there just to assure that people are classified correctly and that their builds are within the uh, requirements of the class. Beyond that, the judge has nothing to do with how loud your vehicle is. They can't give this guy a bonus because they like him or that. It The meter is what the meter is. So that, that absolutely, and, and the more we get away from the judge having to guess whether the song's a tone or not, the much happier I am because that's uh, one less thing that uh, has the room for potential human error. So that, I, I do appreciate that. And now that's going to be through uh, Base Race and Top Dog. So that means we're getting rid of the SQ, uh, the song quality um, score, correct? That's correct. Right. So now the competitor is just going to play one of those uh, approved tracks. We have a huge library in DB drag racing of, of music over the years. And we're going to also um, solicit some input from existing base race competitors. And if it's possible and feasible, we'll see if we can work with those record labels to uh, license that software. Okay. Uh, um, are we going to have the boom checks on there? Yes, the boom check tracks. The boom, I know you've really uh, done a lot of first time competitors do better with boom check. It's pretty mm -hmm. easy for them. 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, boom check was never really intended as a, uh, base race competition song format. Um, but you know, a lot of the judges sometimes, you know, encourage competitors that are new competitors to use boom check mm -hmm. because they're able to, you know, there's a note in there usually that works and, mm -hmm. and, uh, they can play it. So we're going to yeah. inc include those. Yeah. I know a lot of competitors were using it, um, for cyclone. Uh, you know, for like the demo uh, classes. So, so let's go um, to Cyclone because, next on yeah. that then. Okay. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean the, okay, the run is essentially a minute long, right? And then the uh, the song itself, Boom Check, is a minute and 15 seconds. So, um, you know, as opposed to like a bass race song, or I know I, I tell a lot of people to, uh, you know, run Young Jeezy, uh, Thug Motivation, that a lot of people use back in the day still still do now but um you know that didn't have pretty much you know a minute worth of bass correct um so that's why i would kind of tell the people hey try out boom check and uh for those of you that um that use uh say youtube and you know sometimes some people don't have a cd player or a thumb drive some people use youtube believe it or not yeah their phone. Um, if you if Yes, their phone. If you look up um, Boom Check in YouTube, you could actually find the song. It's, I think it's like Boom Check 1. So I would tell, okay, you don't have, you know, you don't want to use a thumb drive or a CD. You, you use YouTube. Go ahead and check it out on YouTube, and that's, that's the song you would use. So for those of you that, you know, want to try that out or, or have that method of using that, you know, I guess, type. So, you know, check it out on YouTube. Uh, so speaking of which, uh, we're trying to get Pioneer on here to talk about some of their decks. And uh, one of the things I really would like to talk to him too about is the using Bluetooth versus, you know, the, the sound uh, degrading the sound by going Bluetooth. Uh, because you can only transfer so much information over Bluetooth mm -hmm. versus right. Right. a direct drive, right? Yeah. So cables, that's, RCAs. Yes, exactly. Thumb drive, whatever. Any a direct drive is absolutely going to always uh, surpass Bluetooth. Well, at least in the technology we have out there now. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's one thing. So, what are the changes to uh, Cyclone, Mr. Harris? Well, you know, in Cyclone originally. Um, Cyclone was originally created to simulate the way that I first got involved in competition. So there was a song quality element, there was an RTA element, there was an installation element. And it never really gained the traction that I was hoping for. Um, but one of the things that's interesting is we started um, pursuing the demo competitors in the last year and a half or so. And we created two classes in Cyclone called uh, the Demo Wall and Demo No Wall. And we had 17 demo cars in Cyclone at the finals this year. So there were more people in those two classes than any other class in DB Drag Racing. So we're going to continue supporting the demo classes in Cyclone, but we're for the time being, at least this season, we're going to um, pause competition in the traditional Cyclone format. So the format that uses RTA and, and uh, installation scoring, that's going to be tabled for, for a while. So we're not going to be offering those classes at finals this year. As a matter of fact, right now in the chat, uh, we have the uh, 
demo uh, cyclone no wall and demo cyclone wall uh, world record holder hanging out in the chat there, Jose um, hey. Jose Ramos. Uh, it's him and his father. So uh, Jose was the no walls uh, record holder, and his father was the wall record holder for uh, demo uh, cyclone. So yeah, two guys out of Oakland do a great job. Uh, they come. That to me is it, it's a attention getter for the crowd. Uh, me as a judge, uh, especially Jose comes up. He's the record holder for that class. He plays 20 hertz. And what Sick. I do is, uh, yeah, so I just have, what I do <laughs> is I have uh, somebody, hey, have you guys ever felt 20 hertz before? You guys never felt 20 hertz before? Come here. Let me show you something. And I have them stand about five, six feet behind uh, the driver door because for you people that don't understand uh, Cyclone or are not familiar with it, driver door, fully open 100%. Beyond that, you can do whatever you want. Windows down, windows up, kick your tires, open up your back, whatever you think it is to make you louder, that's what you're going to do. So, But the driver door being fully open gives us an opportunity for somebody to stand back there six to ten feet away and I mean, I'll tell you, at 161 dBs at 20 hertz, it'll rock your insides 10 feet away. So, <laughs> you know, that that's kind of what Wayne was trying to get at when you were doing that, right, Wayne? I mean, that type yeah, of demo, thing. The, the demos are really exciting, but it's like a double-edged sword. Um, you know, there's a time and place for it. Some, some of our, um, you know, sometimes when we implement shows, when we have a show, the venue is not suitable for the demos because it causes those demo cars are loud and you know bass carries for a long long way and and i guarantee you you know if if these guys that are you know these champions were out there playing 20 hertz at full you know full volume you'd probably hear it a mile or two away so it causes the police to come and, and, it, and, you know, we end up getting shut down, but there are other venues where like, you know, at the finals there in the West coast where you're at a drag strip and, you know, or, you know, I've been to shows that were underneath the approach end of a runway at an airport, yep. you know, so the noise is, is not going to be a problem. We just need to be uh, aware that, you know, that, uh, we have to be good neighbors and that's the only the only downfall to the demos because we allowed the doors and windows to be open so you know it can uh, it can allow the sound to carry for a great distance did we uh, talk about the uh, classes for the demo it's essentially we we dropped it down to two classes right uh, demo no wall and then demo wall correct and uh, you know I would be happy to have as many classes as we can populate. So if we start, if we end up where we start ending up with eight or 10 people in each class or more, then, you know, next season we can think about maybe adding a third class. The, the goal is to, you know, find that balance of offering the, you know, in like in DB drag or any of the formats, I'd be happy to have as many classes as we need, provided we can populate those classes at finals. Um, so, so that covers DB drag base race top dog. Cause top dog is going to follow the same format as base race. Um, There's one change in top dog. Okay. This is, this is a good one. Uh, competitors are going to love this. And, and I'm sure a lot of people have been bitten by this. So in top dog, I'm sorry, not in top dog. I want to talk cyclone. about cyclone and, and right. then we can go so, to top okay. dog, but, but in cyclone, uh, you know, you get a bonus based on 
how loud, how your lowest maximum SPL. So if you do your maximum SPL at 20 Hertz, even one sample, then that's what your bonus is going to be based upon. If you do your whole song at 20 Hertz, and then for whatever reason, you have one note, one sample at 50 Hertz, then you're going to get your bonus based on 50 Hertz, even though you played your song at low frequencies the whole time. So in the next software release, which should be in a couple of weeks, we're going to average the frequency. So, uh, you know, a single mistake or a single frequency that bumps up isn't going to sync your whole score. So it'll be averaging the frequencies you play during your run. So your bonus will be based on the average frequency instead of the single highest uh, SPL max frequency. So are we still going to require them to play something off the selected uh, DB jams uh, still, or or is it going to be open to them producing their own music for this? In the demo classes, they can use whatever they want in demo. The demo cars can choose. Uh, A lot of these vehicles are, they're demo guys. They're not going to, they're going to be demoing their vehicles. So uh, they can choose their own music. Okay. I just are we still uh, oh are we still uh, capping the uh, the lowest frequency to twenty hertz? Okay, we are. Okay, and it's still the maximum points. I I believe is uh, sixty sixty points. Right. Okay. Okay. So if they if they drop anywhere lower than twenty, they're not getting like sixty one points or sixty two points. No, but you know, maybe someday we can investigate that. You know, I, I will say that I've had two people ask me, hey, can we get it down to 16 hertz? Ooh, I heard 10. <laughs> Somebody said 10. I, I, I have had two people ask me about 16. They said they could play Yikes. 16 for a minute. And I go, that's you sick. do realize that's below hearing. All any, any sound coming out of your vehicle at 16 hertz is just the rattling of the vehicle. It's, it's below your hearing range. So <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Um, so we covered... DB drag, base race, top dog, cyclone. Um, and, and then top dog, they're going to have to play, use a selected track also. Right. Now, one of the things we're going to do is make extended versions of those songs. So, uh, you know, because in top dog, time extensions can extend for a long time. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that your music track is last long enough, you know, to uh, to allow that to take place. Okay. Uh, then uh, last one's freestyle. Anything new? What What's the plans with freestyle? Um, what's your vision for the class? So the great thing about freestyle is it helps DB drag racing grow. It definitely caters to people that have never competed before, but it's also exciting to people that are already existing competitors. So, mm-hmm. One of the challenges that we have as an organization is we have what I call the royalty of SPL competitors. Our competitors, I mean, if you go into a lane and and let's say you've never competed and the judge puts you in one of these classes, like a super street class, and then you get beat by 37 dB, it's a a humiliating experience. And the other thing is uh, sometimes people 
uh, are not really, they're put off by the conflict of a head-to-head competition. So in DB drag racing, when you have elimination rounds, it's personal, you against the guy next to you. Whereas in freestyle, it's almost like you against the meter. And so uh, I can't tell you how many times people go, I just want to see what my system will do. They really want to compete, but they just want to see what their system will do. And so we're really going to push freestyle. We're going to offer it at the finals this year. Um, Right now, we just have two classes in freestyle. At the local level, though, the judges have great discretion on how they want to classify their the, the participation. And and in freestyle, it, the finals invitation is going to be points only. It doesn't matter what class you've been in throughout the season um, because the, the you may do something locally, Doug or Jeffrey, that are not one of those traditional classes. Our goal is just to involve people uh, to get them to try it out. You know, when you go to a contest, it's not just about the competition. It's about the camaraderie. So somebody mm-hmm. goes and they experience what it's like to be a part of the community of car stereo competitors, um, then they will come back again. But if their first experience is they get stomped by 37 dB, 40 dB, you know, then they will never enter again. Yep. Okay. So um, just going to have two classes uh, for finals, a super street and a stock class. Is that what our intent or wall and no wall? What's our wall and no wall. Okay. But in freestyle, I'm gonna... in freestyle, yes, sir. Uh, oh, okay. Well, wasn't it pro stock or super street? You know, Je- Jeffrey, you'll have to re- re- check on that for us. Why, okay. why we, because I, I may be incorrect there. Here's what I will tell you though as we progress through the season, and we, if we see traction in this class, this class, and this class, we see a lot of participation in certain classes, we may change what we offer at the finals because. Uh, right now, you know, the, um, we, we will offer more, not less. So if, if the, if we start getting a lot of participation and, and, you know, another class is warranted in freestyle, we can add that in. Okay. It's still, the freestyle is a new experimental, um, format. It, it did really well last year, but I'm sure there's going to be little changes here and there to better accommodate, you know, the growth of participation in that format. Okay. Oh, uh, we did miss the final one, which would be bagger beats. Uh, what, what were the final decisions on that? So what we're going to do, uh, again, in bagger beats, uh, we didn't really have any, uh, very significant participation at finals last year or even throughout the season. So what we're going to do is just table that format. We're going to do a um, single uh, power wheels class at finals, but no motorcycles at finals this year. Oh, so is it going to be a full class or I know we had discussions about it possibly being like more like an exhibition class or whatever. Um, What's your intention for the power wheels? Well, I think we're going to do one regular competition class, just okay. one class for power wheels. Um, but the, you know, the rules state that the children need to work those vehicles and or those power wheels. We're going to enforce that this season. So the 
the young people that are that are the owners of those things are the ones that need to operate the system. It's for them. Yes. And and right. you know, and I I appreciate I I mean, you know, I was a scoutmaster. I mean, I have kids and and that's a great thing about stuff like power wheels or anything else. It gives you something to do with your family. But at the end of the day, you know, the power wheels classes for the children and they need to be the ones that are running the system. There you go. I agree. Same okay. Here. So, um, I know we're not, we don't have finals locked in for anything, which is fine. I prefer to be locked in as we've discussed that's, that's everybody just, else, right? That's your, that's your assumption, but yeah, I know. that's a, that's well, a good, well, it's not locked in. I haven't, I haven't seen anything post online that says world finals is this date and it's going to be here. So that's not locked in officially. Um, what are we looking at for points for world finals? Are we going to go back to 75 on this or haven't decided yet? Haven't decided yet. There's, um, there's, uh, some crucial, there's one crucial, there's a show that a lot of contestants go to the Slamology event. Mm -hmm. And I'm not certain that DB drag racing will have a presence there this year, uh, because essentially, I mean, and we have a good relationship with Slamology, but the numbers are the numbers. We've already waived all of the sanctioning fees for that event, but if they can't pay enough money for the judge to get there right. and, and stay in the hotel, we can't ask the judge to do that and lose money on the event. And that's, that's really where we're at right now. You know, DBDRA doesn't re we don't get anything out of, we don't re derive any revenue from that show and neither do the judges other than what they're contracted to do. So we're happy to be there, but I can't ask you, Doug, to go drive right. and pull your equipment over there and lose $1,200 to do the show. Right. So, so that, so if that show doesn't happen for DB drag racing, uh, you know, that affects uh, a lot of competitors on their, on their points accrual and stuff like that. So I can't answer you that yet. We we're going to make a huge push uh, to sign up new judges this season in the spring. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of territories where we need to have better, uh, we need to have more events mm -hmm. and, um, and then there's still some places where we're having trouble just having public gatherings. If you can even believe that, which is, uh, I live in California. I can believe it. <laughs> oh, but, there you yeah, go. It, the, <laughs> there you the, go. The, the rules never affected you this, this whole time, but uh... Yeah, you've done a good job for sure, keeping it going there against that headwind. So, yeah, you know, kudos for that. Um, okay, so as far as that goes, so I do know this is not your 25th year for DB Drag, but it'll be your 25th year for finals. You want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I'm really excited about this season. And, and uh, I'll tell you this, we're going to go big on the finals this year. Um, I'm all in for this. I'm talking nice. back to the convention center. Uh, I mean, I actually put up a thread in our Facebook group about reminiscing and getting the contestants who've been to these finals over the years to tell us what are their most memorable, what are the, what made it special for you? And it was a great read and we're going to try to get some cap recapture some of that grandeur. Um, so you know, DB drag, the first DB drag racing event was in 1994. Back in those days, 
um, when we first started doing DB drag racing, it was almost like an exhibition contest. We had like eight competitors, you know, like Fred Wright Jr. and Roger Akuda. Bridges. And yeah, and, yeah. and so these competitors, they would travel around. We'd do shows all over. But as we started gaining traction, uh, we were doing like eight or 10 shows a year. And then in 1998, uh, we we formed the DB drag racing association and we did over 500 events that year. And that's the first year that we had our finals. So this year's the 25th anniversary of the DBDRA. And, and so we're already working on it big time. And I know that it's going to be something super special. Everybody's going to want to be at this show. Um, and it's going to either, be a massive success or massive <laughs> failure one way or the other we're going down fighting so i'm gonna i mean we're really putting forth an effort here to make it something that no so that that contestants will remember that absolutely um for you guys that uh, may be watching this and have not attended a world finals event whether it be a single venue or multiple venues canada california florida or brazil it, uh, a world finals event is absolutely something you should attend. It is, it, it is more fun than you can even imagine. Um, yes, there's a very serious component to it. Um, and that's when you're in the lanes, but when you're outside the lanes, the stuff that goes on, that's what your memories are. Uh, last week we were talking about how we met Muhammad Ali at uh, Louisville. You know, we're sitting there talking, I'm talking to people from Canada, um, the twins and in walks in Muhammad Ali, you know, where, whenever in my life would I be sitting in a hotel room in Indianapolis or yeah, Indiana and Muhammad Ali will walk in while I'm talking to a couple of Canadians. Right. I mean, that's, that's freaking awesome. Um, that's why we had Bobby Riley on. Yes. Uh, last week was, yeah. he was inspired by that post. I was like, Bobby, let's come in. Let's talk about the great things that you guys used to do and what made it fun. And, that, and that's what we talked about on the show last week. So, so I, I would love to, you know, I mean, we're going to definitely make sure that there's a, an incredible party, but I'd also like to see like a class reunion of the, like the like, Riley's and, and Brantley Waits. I saw Brantley at a knowledge fest event there in Dallas. And he was telling mm -hmm. me that was the best time ever. Uh, he was just so excited to catch up on old times. And, you know, you get people together that were there and even people that are just getting started it's just a, it's just going to be something really special. And, and I can't wait and I don't want to divulge anything yet, Come on. but, but yeah, uh, let's do it. <laughs> best, best time. We're, we're going to yeah. prod him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're really excited about it and, and we're going to put forth, you know, the tower's going to be there yes. with some new features, nice. new capabilities and, um, yeah, it's really exciting. Even after all these years, I can't believe it's been a quarter of a century. I've been doing this. And, and you know, Jeffrey, you've been doing this a long time. And Doug, you've been doing this a long time. I mean, I've known yeah. you guys for decades. Uh, the time just, it's hard to believe how much time has gone by and what we've seen. And, uh, you know, in DB drag racing, I, I know competitor, I know people that started out as competitors and now they're in charge of big, big multinational corporations or they're yeah. working in, 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 you know, in charge of marketing and think about all the companies that have been started because of what, you know, the oh, competitors yeah. started out and became, uh, they started their own company. So it's amazing. It is. No. And, and that's, um, I will say, uh, typically when I see you at, 
CES. A, a lot of our conversations have been exactly that, you know, uh, guys like Rusty with DC, uh, T2 Audio, um, Shocker Audio, Scotty uh, Johnson, DD, uh... Scotty Johnson. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jeffrey and um, who's your boss, man? Roger. <laughs> you know, Roger Bridges. <laughs> oh, my buddy Roger? Yeah, yeah your buddy Roger, the one who's going to come on the show someday. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. But, we... Yeah, it's it's those times in the lanes, you know, mm -hmm. you, you guys having that camaraderie. And then, you know, now you guys, a lot of people like Scotty Johnson, you know, has his own company. Um, it, it all started competing, right? Yeah, Nick so, Wright, you know, another one. It's a beautiful one. thing, yeah. Beautiful thing. And, you know, when you, when you can take your hobby and turn it into a business or successful business, yes. it's hard to even think of it as a job. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people, and including myself, I do this for fun. I mean, you know, it's just I've got the best job in the world. And to be able to take something that, that you love to do and then actually capitalize on that, not many people get to do that. We're lucky. We could be selling bars of soap, but we've got cars and stereos and music and, you know, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, that's, that's cool. I, I mean, 25 years, that, congratulations on, you know, world finals. Uh, that's 25 years for that. Plus what, 28 years overall uh, as a, you know, as a, as a body. Um, so that, that's awesome. Uh, and, and I do I do bring this up a lot in here because I am a big fan of the people who help us. Um, I mean, I, I, it's nothing against you, Wayne, but without Celise, dude, you would have nothing. <laughs> yeah, she's the true. She makes it happen for sure. We, you know, uh, why do you think I got married to her? You know, so, I, I, I tell her be careful. You know, she might be watching this, but no, she's, she's really talented and she, under, you know, she understands DB drag racing and she's been there. If you look at those videos from 1994, 1995 on my website, these very first finals events, she's there. She's in the tower with me doing this stuff. So yeah, you're right about that, Doug. We couldn't do it without her. She actually produces the finals every year. Too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no. she's she'll she'll start in, you know, Aprilish and start. Okay, we need to start nailing this down. We gotta nail this down. Okay, we gotta start looking for this. I need I need this for the shirts. I need this for you know. And, and even when she's doing that and she's helping you with your stuff, especially you because you're going to college still again. So you're back in college. So you know your some of your time's taken up with that. She's building new graphics almost every year for db drag she's right. helping with promotional stuff for the judges um she's coming up with new shirts potentially for the judges and even you know so she's she is a workhorse for your company in my opinion i mean she does what do they so say much. they say uh, behind every great man is a woman? woman so yes yeah i wouldn't even say that nowadays because now <laughs> <laughs> So, so, you know, Celise was art director at Rockford for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. and so she had a lot of experience, um, you know, doing the graphic design and she loves doing that. And, uh, as you can see all of the graphics behind me, behind and Jeffrey me. and yep. yeah, I mean, she does all of this and all of those things that you see online on Facebook, all of the shows every week that have a graphic 
you know, she does that. She maintains the Facebook, the social media stuff. Cause I, I'm not really into that, but, uh, you're right. I mean, you know, but you know, everything in DB, if I look around the, our organization, uh, there are so many critical elements and so many people that I think are invaluable to the success of the organization. It actually is beyond, it's gone beyond the DB drag racing association. It's like a living entity. Now, anywhere, if you go to, and, and I can't believe, I mean, you know, I heard you say Jody green in New Zealand, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I mean, everywhere in the world, there are people like they're like us that are just as passionate about Carstereo and competition. And so, you know, it, it's, uh, it's almost on autopilot. We just, yeah. we just do the hard stuff that needs to be done and then everyone else makes it fun. No, that's awesome. Uh, Wayne, so what do you got um, coming up for you guys, like uh, some conventions and stuff like that, to where, um, and also website and whatnot, because the term lab is super, super important, um, because without that, um, you know, we don't have our organization. And I do want to say, hey, thank you, because we had the stick mics before, and good Lord were those a problem. Um, but we needed a playing field, right? So it was sure. it was the beginning of the sandbox. You've changed that to these sensors that are super accurate. Uh, I mean, amongst themselves, whether they're whatever they are, but they are super, super accurate within themselves. Uh, for, it doesn't matter if I'm here or there. Um, I grab this guy's mic or grab that guy's mic. When I plug them in, I'm going to get a very, I mean, almost to the T reading. I know there's no way we can make it, you know, precise to the you know millionth or whatever but the the accuracy of the meters is super strong um i do want to thank you for that but where would people buy purchase cost price what, what what's coming up for you so it's uh really crazy right now um i graduate at the end of this month I, i'm with a master's degree in in ed tech but I'm trying to go back to college in the fall to get a, another master's degree in computer science at UT Austin. Um, in the meantime, you know, I've been working really hard on the term lab software and also doing some of the training modules. So I've got um, the winner's edge thing, I think is a, an amazing tool for competitors. And I, I'm, I've got three videos online for winner's edge, four videos online. And I'm about to finish up that training module. If you're a competitor, you need to use Winner's Edge. It's a free feature. If you have software maintenance, it's included with your maintenance. And it allows you to log and analyze your, your system. Um, the other thing is uh, I've got a new update for Term Pro uh, that lets you add uh, holes and for ports and drivers in the wood and export files to see so you can use it with the CNC router. So those are the things with the term lab and the, the system can be purchased on our website at termpro.com. Um, and then in two weeks, I'm doing a seminar at Knowledge Fest in Las Vegas on uh, loudspeaker enclosure design. And it's going to be really cool because uh, I'm going to, I'll start with a top level uh, strategy of what, what installers should do. And then um we'll go through uh, a review of the different types of enclosures. And then I'm going to do some uh, design simulation on term pro for seal vented and bandpass enclosures. And then I actually have four enclosures 
uh, on site, and I'm going to use term lab to measure them and allow the attendees to hear the sonic differences between those four enclosure types. So I'm doing that in, in Las Vegas. That's on February 18th and 20th through the 20th. And then in March, the following month, I'll be in uh, Mesa, Arizona for the Master Tech Expo. And I'll be doing a seminar, seminar there also. And DB Drive, and, and my company will have a booth at both of those uh, locations. And then I'm also doing a virtual training with uh, our affiliates down in Mexico. And that will be on March 24th through the 27th. So it, there's a lot going on. Of course, we're also working on the finals. And this year, Celise didn't wait till April. She's been on it for months. I know she now. has. So, so because this is a big year and we want to make sure that it's going to be spectacular. Okay. That's, uh, yes, um, there's a question on here, uh, by Kobe Comer mm -hmm. says, uh, why, why can an extreme build compete against a super street build and demo wall? No fairness in the equation. So yeah, I think exactly that's your question is, yeah. I, so, so what he's saying is, uh, he's looking for classification for the demo right. class. Um, and in my estimation as a judge, I think any super street X should be allowed to compete. So as long as you qualify okay. as super street X and not extreme, I don't see the reason you could not compete in, uh, the demo wall class. And you know what, in, um, in extreme, um, from my experiences, yeah. they use They're gonna a blow woofers. higher or, or they use a higher frequency. Yep. So I've even seen it countless times where there's a vehicle comes in with like a 140, but they're at like 20 Hertz compared yep. to a vehicle that's doing 160 at 60 Hertz. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you know, so they're really, uh, maybe shouldn't be that big of a dis distinction between super street and extreme. Yeah. Um, because you, you know, that extreme vehicle might not be as loud at 20 Hertz. So, yep. I mean, I'm not sure. Does that answer your, your question there, Colby? Um, and also when you have an extreme vehicle, I, I mean, I don't know you, have you built one or you've been part of one, right? Jeffrey. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. so in our extreme build, it was super important that nobody even pushed the burp button once the door was open. We would unload our drivers that quick. Oh, I yeah. mean, the, the cabin's so designed and so specific to focusing that wave into one spot that you open the door and you just unload the driver and there you go. That's $300 for a new recon. Exactly. So, so you, you wouldn't really see that many yeah. extreme, uh, truly uh, true extreme vehicles in Cyclone. It'd be demo. difficult for them to compete. So, you know, right. one of the things, and you guys have brought up all of the points you brought up are totally valid points. Uh, but the other element is demo is demo. We're looking for vehicles that can play full range music. Mm -hmm. One of the re requirements is they have to play music. And this year, you know, at both locations, both finals locations, we did a demo death match. But to be in that, you had the audition I, I was actually asked, I required all of the contestants to audition so that I could select the vehicles that best met what I was looking for, which is a demo vehicle that can play full range music, like a rock concert mm -hmm. with your doors open. And, and so mo like you guys were mentioning, a lot of extreme vehicles don't even have any 
mid-range or high-frequency drivers, they would be crushed the moment you burped your system. And um, so they're not capable of playing full range. They're not made to be played with the doors open. And there's just not that many extreme vehicles out there. So to, to develop um, a class, you know, just to accommodate a couple of people that doesn't right now doesn't make sense. Um, you know, from, from a, our perspective anyway. Now, if we could get back to what Doug was saying earlier, where there's 20, 50 or a hundred dim extreme guys on the, in the, oh, yeah. out there in the pit stalls, then we could revisit this. Yeah. So, so I, I have, I have to mention Lucky's comment, Lucky McGovern's watching. Um, everybody knows he wasn't our technical guy on here. So he, he, <laughs> he weighed in with his technical uh, expertise here. Let's see. He says, according to my calculation, the wave equals excursion plus compression minus demos and the deadener will create peanut butter. So I agree. <laughs> I think I think I read that somewhere in the uh, the books. Yeah. So so that was his uh, that was his take on uh, that conversation we just had. So, but no, hey, uh, I appreciate that, Jeffrey. Um, yes, we are sir. running up on our hour, and I got to go take some people's money again bowling tonight. Since I'm doing fairly well at that this year, I'll just say. Um, it's good. It's good better than average. Uh, next week I'll be in Vegas. I'll be, uh, doing my vert, my part of the podcast from Vegas. Um, I'll be there bowling, taking people's money in Vegas. Hopefully I walk out of there with a hundred grand. Uh, that's what I'm going for next week. Um, let's see how that works out. There's a, there's going to be some very good bowlers at that one. I mean, you got a hundred grand on the line. You're, you're talking, not that, not to your local chumps. Um, anyway, but, uh, what do you got coming up, Jeffrey, as far as shows and whatnot? Um, we're going to do some shows, uh, once a month. I mentioned this uh, yep. last week, uh, at, in Grapevine, Texas at Crossfire headquarters. Um, so, I mean, uh, we're really pushing hard in the uh, Texas market here. I don't know if you guys know, uh, last season, uh, I think we had two, uh, champions on the East coast. Um, so, you know, and one of them even there. drove to the West coast afterwards. Exactly. We had a couple of people drive, you know, cross country to go to the uh, West Coast uh, location. So um, really pushing hard for the Texas guys, uh, you know, step it up and get to finals. You know, we're doing all these shows. Um, a funny thing happened last last uh, show we, we had at uh, uh, Grapevine. So there was a competitor. His name is Alan Riley. Uh, he was, he was in Alan. base race. Oh, OK. He, well, he, uh, he brought Bobby's brother, Alan. No, no. Did I say Riley? I mean, yeah, Alan Ray. Oh, okay. Alan Ray. All so right. he, he brought his buddy with him first timer. Right. So it worked. They were both doing base race. So they ended up going head to head and Alan who brought his buddy, his buddy ended up beating him. Yep. <laughs> and he ends up winning, you know, all of base race. It was his first competition. So um trying to get a lot of those moments, uh, going for the guys down there in Texas. Um, you know, I'm still, I'm still in it for uh, SoCal. So if any of you uh, SoCal guys, uh, competitors, uh, manufacturers or shops, you know, want to have an event in SoCal, hit me up. I'm just looking for a reason to go back to SoCal, you know, to do an event. Um, I know there was a couple of uh, uh, SPL teams. I think Team Gorilla Hertz was one of the guys. Uh, Al Romero wants to do an event down there. I got uh, Tony wants to do a show down there. So, hey, just uh, keeping the dream alive. All right. Keep hope alive. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, we look like we're um, February 27th. 
and we'll be at Lunsford Customs. That's in downtown Sacramento. Uh, you guys mostly know where that is. Uh, Josh Tattoo out of Reno. He actually built a trailer, started building a trailer today to host 1X shows in Reno to try and get those guys better at um, base race and top dog and whatnot. So he's trying to help out the Reno guys and get better at what they do. And so, hey, uh, kudos to you, Josh. Way to go. You know, he's stepping up as a competitor. He has no ambitions of judging other than getting people involved. Uh, stuff like that, you know, like Wayne says, has said many times, hey, bring one person with you, and every year we'll double competitors. Double, right. That's right. Um, first off, I want to a uh, little on-air meeting with you, Jeffrey. Um, okay. I talked to Audio Apex today. Uh, Nathan, uh, right. Nathan, and Christopher Munson. And Chris, yeah. whoa, lost my camera there oh. for a second. Um, anyway, so we talked to. I talked to them. Well, that's really blurry. That's what the pins look like to me. <laughs> wow. Anyway, okay. So I talked to them today. They got two shirts yeah. they're going to give away. So we're going to do two random nice. drawings next week. We'll do them on okay. the. On the podcast, like we discussed, we'll figure out the randomator or whatever. Um, he has blue, red, green, and purple. You can go check those out at Audio Apex uh, official T-shirt at CarAudioBargains.com. Now, how do you think we should do this? My opinion is um, I really want to push our uh, the YouTube for This Week in Car Audio, but let's start easier, like um, like and share this feed. Yeah, and so Pretty we'll take all like, the names. Share. Yeah. yeah, so we'll take everybody who liked and shared today's uh, podcast, and we will uh, put them on a random generator, and we'll pick two people. We'll uh, let you know who they are. They need to get a hold of us, and once they get a hold of us, we will have them drop ship. Uh, let us know their size and the color they want, and we'll have them drop ship to their house. Sound fair? Yeah, everybody wants free stuff. Yeah, so so we're starting with we're starting with Car Audio Bargains Audio Apex. Um, yes. I do know uh, we're working on stuff possibly with Crossfire uh, Kicker. We're working on stuff with um, Incriminator uh, DC. And you know this this invite goes out to anybody. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a SPL team that wants to kick down. I, I know some guys in SoCal that do uh, the acrylic. You know, yep. they, they, they would uh, sponsor the uh, awards for the for the uh, different events. So okay. if you guys want to kick down for the show, uh, you know, we can raffle them off, you know, get your name out there. It could be a tax write off. Who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, let, let us hear it. Let's hear about it in the comments. All you got to do is just like and like, like and share, like and share. That's it. Yep. It takes two seconds. Yep. Um, so other than that, uh, Wayne, thank you very much for showing up. Uh, you did a great job. We appreciate you, sir. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Jeffrey. And uh, Jeffrey, you're quite welcome. yes, sir. You're doing a great job, sir, as my uh, co-host. I really appreciate it. Um, as you guys can see, Jeffrey's stepping up his game. He's got a background going now. He got a new mic. Yeah, uh, I, I, I guess I got a promotion, right? I, I got a background <laughs> now, so I can't get the cool background like uh, like Doug has it, but. Uh, Hey, you know, it's a step up. All you got to do is dedicate a whole room to it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Don't tell my wife. Yeah. So, hey, guys, um, once again, I want to thank you guys for being here. I want to thank everybody for listening and being paying attention today. Uh, we, If you want to throw us some bones out there, remember, as Lucky used to say, no $100 is too small for us. Um, 
if you want to throw us some tips, uh, you can do Venmo at SonicFX, Cash App, dollar sign SonicFX. Remember, I share that with Jeffrey 100%. We split it 50-50. Whatever it is, it is. Uh, we appreciate This is absolutely offered free of charge to everybody that wants to listen to it. It's available on all your streaming platforms. If you go to a platform and it does, and it does not exist, please let me know and I will get it on there. Um, you guys know what we got coming up, uh, the people we've been talking to. So uh, if you guys are wanting to look and be part of uh, this show, um, have suggestions for people to be on, uh, let me know and we will do our best. I'm working, trying to work out something with DJ Magic Mike, get him on here. I, for me, that would be awesome because uh, I've been listening to him since uh, early 80s. So <laughs> anyway, like make you how old? How um, older, you? older than older. you. Yeah, I, I, I got you. So, <laughs> hey, but anyway, guys, uh, thank you for coming in. Uh, thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Jeffrey. Um, we'll see you guys next week, Monday night, 6 p.m. on This Week in Car Audio, 6 p.m. California time, the only time that matters. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, watch for it to come on the uh, audio only podcast tomorrow morning sometime. All right, have a good night.